Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here in studio with Anthony Michelic, the CEO of the Pace Group. President and CEO, that's right. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very, Absolutely. very glad to be here. Well, good. I'm glad to have you. And th- like I said, this is the first time that I have actually recorded one of these in person. Well, it's an honor to be the first one. Um, you know, as a headhunter, we we like things in person um, to the best of our ability. So uh, very glad to make the trip down here and get to get to do this with you. Yeah. So. I guess I should say we are in Galveston. We, we are. are in the island, on the island of Galveston. We're inside the Marmo building. Yeah. In a safe, in a bank vault. Yes. It, That's what they say. Old repurposed bank vault. And we think we know how to get out. We do. Yeah. And it's hot. It's warm. Yes. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, well, thank you so much for coming. So um, we had sort of connected mm-hmm. and I wanted to understand what I thought, you know, this is a really good opportunity because I want to understand what it is that an executive recruiter does uh-huh. and, you know, how the pace group, how it functions, you know, what, what I'm not looking for a new job, but. I'm sure many of our listeners are looking for a new job. Give me give me a few minutes, and right, I'll, I'll right, put the exactly. right one in front of you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, how does it work? Uh-huh. What you know? What? How do you make money? How does this all? You know? What do, What are your incentives? How yeah. does it work for the developer? Like all this kind of stuff. Well, that's hey, that's the incentives question is the right question, I think, and and we try to build our entire business model. And I often, I mean, you see other executive search firms out there doing things in different ways, and um, one really great thing about our niche, economic development executive search specifically. There are only a few of us that do this nationally, um, but each one that does, does it in a very different way. Uh, there's a lot of experimentation. Um, and so you get to see a lot of different things. The, the way that we do it is we try to truly align our incentives with both the economic developer or the Chamber of Commerce executive that we're placing uh, with them as well as with the community that we're working for or the organization that we're working for or the state that we happen to be working for at the time. Um, And so I'll I'll break that out in a couple of different ways. The first one being uh, whenever it comes to an organization that we're working with, we're conducting an executive search for, um, one one of the first things that we let them know is, is, look, at the end of this, if you're not happy with the the way that the process went, if you're not happy with the placement, within 24 months of that person starting, if they're terminated or if they're unhappy and if they leave for any reason, we do the search again at no fee. So I don't like doing searches for no fee. Um, I really don't like doing searches for no fee, um, you know, whenever we could get a fee. But um, because we do that, we're able to communicate to them clearly that, look, we're as invested in this as you are. Um, and that, that's been successful. We've only had to use that guarantee a few times over the last 30 years. 
Um, and I can remember all of the ones that I was involved with that we did. I, I remember them pointedly. Um, and the ones that uh, we had to go and, and fulfill our guarantee on prior to my arriving with the company, I was told very clearly what happened. Um, and I know we don't want those things to happen again because it's not a win for the community. Uh, it's not a win for the economic developer uh, or their families if they have a family. So um, so there's that piece. And, and, and that's part of, you know, how it works alignment-wise with the organization. Whenever it comes to the economic developers, you know, whenever it comes to our business and engaging with the economic developers, we don't, we don't look at people as inventory. Um, we don't look at people as cogs in a machine that we're placing. We look at them as people. And most of the time, they're friends. Um, you know, I'm going to IDC here in the next couple of months in Dallas. Um, we go we're very involved with SEDC, TEDC, um, all of those organizations. But we're not going to those to build our business. We're going there to build relationships with with people, to make friends and to maintain relationships with existing friends and and just get to see the people that we've gotten to know and love um, over our careers in this business. Um, and so, as far as alignment and incentives go whenever it comes to the people that we're presenting as candidates to an organization for a position, um, our alignment and our incentive with them is we just don't want to hurt them. We don't want to place them somewhere that they or their family aren't going to be happy over the long term. Um, and that's the, that's the other piece of the puzzle is the way that we look at it is the only way that we can get a win is if we create a win-win for two other parties. So the organization gets a win with the person that they hire. The economic developer gets a, a win with the organization and the community that they and their family are moving to and working with. And if those two things work out perfectly, then at the end, we get a win. And that goes back to our incentives. Um, the way that we're paid, uh, we are a retained search firm, which means that we get something along the way throughout our process. But we, we don't get a everything up front or anything like that. We, we, uh, we get our final fee installment whenever somebody starts the job. And so, like I said, we have to, throughout our process, ensure that both the organization is happy, that the candidates that we are presenting are happy with the process, are happy with the community and the organization that we're presenting them to and make sure they are extremely comfortable. Um, and not only so that we can put them in that position, but also that they can stay there over the long term. And again, that goes back to our, our 24-month guarantee. Um, we've got skin in the game whenever it comes to that. So. Interesting. So, I mean, the thing that comes up for me when I think about this, do you have repeat customers? Yes. Yeah, we have some organizations and communities that we've conducted five or six executive searches for over the last 30 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but what we try to do is make sure that it's over 30 years. Right. We don't want to do five or right. six searches within 10 years. Um, and every, every one of those clients... Um, you know, we have very close relationships with not only the economic developers that we place there, but we get to know their board members. We get to know their community leadership, which is, I'll tell you, really my favorite part of what we get to do. Um, and everybody in our company um, are relationship-driven people. We just like people a lot. Um, but my favorite thing is getting to go to communities um, or working with state organizations and getting to, to meet the leadership just some of the interesting characters, some of the personalities that you encounter, um, 
I'd, I'd love to name a few of them, but they may not enjoy appreciate me calling them out right now. But they're just you meet so many fun people, and that goes back to Dane and I were talking uh, before we hit record just about economic development in general. Um, the most thing, the most fun thing about this industry, I think, is is the people that are not only work in it, but that work around it, right. and a lot of them volunteer, no blood sure. and sweat and tears, um, and. A, a good chunk of those people are they're just a lot of fun to get to meet they so, are yeah yeah absolutely uh, i agree with that 100 percent. but but to get back to your question i mean yes we we have several that we've conducted multiple searches for we try to focus our business primarily on economic development executive search and when i say that that means like i said for for every search every firm that does what we do or or a version of what we do would define that differently but for us what it means is for economic development in chamber organizations, and you know as well as I do that those lines are very blurry. They, uh, right. there's, there's a lot of crossover there. But uh, uh, typically president, CEO, director level searches for those types of organizations at the local, county, state, regional level. That's typically what we'll do. Um, on occasion, and right now is an example of this, we'll do a vice president search or kind of that second layer of management if it's a large enough organization. And those are usually talking about repeat clients, if it's for somebody that we placed, for example, right now, we're working with Albuquerque Regional Economic Alliance, where we placed Danielle Casey in 2000, and I think it was 2020, that Danielle started there. Um, we're working with them right now on a VP search. And so if we place somebody, they need help filling out their team a little bit at th- that upper end, we're, we're happy to do that. But it's because we're already engaged with the organization. We know them. We know the personalities involved. We know the person that we placed. Um, so those things help the search go you know, more smoothly than they might otherwise. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. So we were talking before, and you're not just the president and CEO. You're also the owner? That's right. Okay, so you're, you're the owner. That's right. So how did that come about? Because you're talking about the Pace Group, and you're talking about over 30 years. Right. And you're, you're not that old. No, yeah. I'm not, not quite. Um, I'm, I'm over 30 years old, yeah, but not, not old enough to, to have run this thing for that amount of time. No, I got involved in 2014. Um, my wife and I, and we had a young son at the time, moved from southeastern New Mexico, or Dana, as I told you earlier, what we like to call far west Texas, um, from the, the oil patch out there, Permian Basin. And we moved to northeast Mississippi, to Tupelo, Mississippi. And I'll give a shout out to David Rumbarger and the team at CDF in Tupelo, one of the premier economic development organizations in the country. Um, they're just fantastic there. And, and they were there. What they have going on was the perfect model for me to get to observe as I was learning about economic development, you know, just kind of out of the gate uh, with fresh eyes, not having any idea of, of what this world was. But yes, in, in 2000 and, uh, late 2014, early 15. We moved to Tupelo, Mississippi, where I needed a job, and someone introduced me to a, a headhunter, and that headhunter happened to be John Lovern, um, who I, I think it's undisputed that he is the what we would call the godfather of executive search in the economic development and chamber space. Uh, John worked with Bob Eighty at Fannis, PHH Fannis in Chicago in the 80s. Um, prior to that, he was in economic development and chamber executive leadership himself, um, he taught for years at OUEDI and won every award. As a matter of fact, that's where he ran into Bob Eighty in the first place, and, and Bob offered him a job to come up to Chicago and help Fannis 
launched their executive search wing for economic developers and, and chamber executives. And so um, just happened to run into him. And once I learned, first off, what economic development was, and secondly, that there were executive search consultants, or the term we actually prefer as headhunters, in the economic development and chamber space, I, I just realized there was nothing else I wanted to do. There's nothing else I could imagine doing than that, especially after getting to go with him on a few trips and meet a few boards and meet some economic developers and some some chamber execs. Um, I just wanted to meet more of those people and introduce them to each other. And that's kind of the way I describe my job is, or what we do as, as a firm is we get to meet really cool people that love their communities and we get to introduce them to other really cool people that we've gotten to know and like who are really good at serving communities. We, we make an introduction, they like each other and we get paid. It's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible experience. It's, 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 uh, it's a wonderful way to get to live is just meeting people and introducing them to one another and you get to make a living off of that. And, um, you know, we, we do, uh, I mentioned earlier that we, we don't like to do searches for free because we can charge for them. But I, I would do this for nothing. I get to have coffee with people I, I, um, and, and, and make a living off of that. It's just, it's a blast. Matter of fact, I, I threw this at you earlier and it wasn't a joke. For the first six months that I worked with this company, I, I told you I ran into John Lovern in Tupelo, found out what he did, um, got to meet his family and, and got to see kind of the life that he was able to lead and, and the way that he was he was able to support his family but also be very engaged with them um, and realize that's what I want to do and I, I would not leave him alone until he hired me. I just hounded him and I hounded him and I hounded him. And John, when he was younger, I believe had a similar bulldogishness to him. Whenever he saw yeah. something, he would latch onto it. So I think he appreciated that. And so he let me drive him around for about six months and he didn't pay me other than in sub sandwiches from Subway. Uh, you were talking about franchise development earlier. Right, right. You'll love the Subway story, right. the, the largest franchise in the world um, or the one with the most locations last I checked. Um, but, you know, as I, as they say, the, the rest is history. We just, I never stopped working for him and he, he never ran me off, um, at least not far enough. And um, and whenever he passed, uh, I, I, he made me a partner in 2017. And whenever he passed in 2020, um, I became the sole sole partner, the, the sole owner of the organization. And um, and it's been an absolute blessing. It's been a blast. We miss him. It's um, second anniversary of his passing. This next week, um, we have we have some exciting things that that we're doing to commemorate him in the next few months. Um, and we miss him dearly. We're grateful for the organization and the reputation that he had, he had built for us. Um, and we're just doing our very, very best to try to carry that fire forward and um, treat people well and put them in the right places. That's such an interesting way to describe what you do, that you meet interesting people and you introduce them to other interesting people. I can see why some people might really enjoy that that activity. But from your vantage point, you get to see all kinds of things. You get to see people probably at various stages of their careers. You get to see people in organizations, you know, experiencing issues or or challenges in different places and at different times. What um, what do you see? Like, what's the industry look like to you? Well, it, that, that's a really good question as far as what the industry looks like. You know, right now, 
And we, we primarily focus our work in the contiguous 48 states. Um, we've done some work in some territories. But, you know, we look at things typically at the national level. Um, we can drill down into individual states and communities most definitely. But, but what we're looking at is what's happening right now just with reshoring, um, with entrepreneurship in the United States. There's a lot of excitement right now, specifically in the southeast part of the country in Texas where we happen to be. Um, you know, so we're, we're noticing that. We're watching population movements. You know, but we're not seeing anything trend-wise in economic development that other people aren't seeing. Um, you know, most of the questions that we get asked are what is normal for an economic development organization or a chamber of commerce to do in a particular situation? Um, what, are, you know, what is the most common organizational structure? What is the most common staff structure that you see? What's the most common compensation structure that you see for, for an executive? Um, and the answer to that is there is no usual one. Every right. single one is so unique. And what works in one community um, would absolutely not work in another community. I mean, there's some that they would get the torches and pitchforks out if uh, their economic developer or the EDC or EDO tried to pull what another one uh, did and was highly successful in. And I, I mentioned CDF in Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, where David is uh, right now. And, and what they've done, and I would encourage anybody to go look at the Tupelo story and the Create Foundation and um, the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal there and, and the partnership that they created. But what they did created massive impact uh, for multi-generational success in that community. Um, but what they did and how they did it wouldn't necessarily work anywhere else. It was kind of lightning in a bottle. And, and so every community has to try to catch their own lightning in their own bottle um, and find their own secret sauce to make it work with the personalities and with the assets that they're given um, that, and that they have in a particular moment. Um, and so, you know, to, I, I know that the, the answer to your question is more of, an, of a non-answer, but it's, it's the best that we can do because while we do look at things from a national level whenever we're talking about just general trends with the economy, um, we really take a very individual and personal approach with every organization and person that we're dealing with um, whenever it comes to our work. And I mentioned a search to you just a little while ago that we're about to initialize and we're going to go and meet with their leadership next week. We're going to spend a lot of time asking them questions and listening closely to what their answers are and asking them uh, if what we heard was correct. We'll read our notes back off to them and they'll correct us. Um, and we'll go through a few rounds of that before we even start putting a job description together or start putting a prospectus together or start looking at candidates or calling potential candidates. Um, and so you know, trends are hard for us to nail down specifically you know, in the industry and recruitment in particular. Um, but we just try to take a very warm, individualistic approach in just about everything that we do. Gotcha. The, let's see, for the job seeker, for the economic developer who maybe is listening to this and they're not looking for a job, mm -hmm. they're not thinking about uh, moving on, they're, they're, in a, they're in a community that they love, they're doing work that they love to do, but they're being they're being successful. Um, what you know? What do you recommend that they do mm -hmm. if their goal is not to stay in that community forever? Mm -hmm. But they're not 
you know, they don't really know what they want to do. They don't really know where they want to go. Yeah. What do you suggest they do in that situation? Well, whenever it comes just to being open um, to an opportunity, whenever, if it happens to come up, I'd recommend getting in touch with, get in touch with our firm, get in touch with the other executive search firms that are out there nationally and um, we talked about Chad Chancellor, yeah. Next Move Group, um, Todd Jorgensen, Joan Jorgensen at Jorgensen yeah. Consulting, Waverly Partners up in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new firm, Mosaic, or I, I say they're new. I apologize if you guys aren't new out of California, but we've been running into them a little bit more often and um, get in touch with, with them. They seem to be doing some some work out there. Um, you know, as uh, mentioned, uh, not not yet, but Next Move, Jorgensen, Mosaic, Waverly, um, SGR, they're they're good. Mike Barnes here in Texas is is good. Chloe Johnson as well. So I I just say get in touch with as many of us as you can, um, and let us know that hey, if the right thing comes up, and here's what the right thing looks like for me and my family. We want to be in this type of community. If it's if there's an opportunity like that, be as specific as you can. And most of us, or I'll say most of us that are good, will remember. Because we're going to care about you and we're going to want what's good for you and your family. And we're going to see it as an opportunity for you to, to be somewhere that you're very happy. Um, and working with an organization that's fulfilling in a community where you can have massive long-term positive impact. Um, and so I'd, I'd just say reach out to us. My cell phone, all I think most of those other firms, you can get in touch with their CEOs or whoever at the time I'm sure. you're most comfortable with. Um but get in touch with us and just let us know. And, and like I said, be very, very specific about what it is that you're looking for. Um, and, and again, we'll be very respectful. We won't call you on anything that doesn't match at least pretty closely with what you described to us. Um, but we'd love to know about it because we'd love to be the ones that help you find your next great thing, the thing that you're where you want to be. Right. We want to help you get to where you want to be. Okay. So then the, and then the, the flip side of that is you have somebody, maybe they're relatively new in the industry. They know they want to move up. They want to do something. They want to be somewhere else. They want to move up in the industry. What do you recommend that they do yeah. as they're sort of developing in their career? Right. Um, you got here in Galveston, as we were going through some of the offices around here, I noticed there are a lot of certifications on a lot of walls with the economic developers and community developers in this in, in, in Galveston and in the county. Um, certification's great. IEDC is great. Uh, the CECD is fantastic. Um, you know, if you want to pursue those, pr- pursue them. What I would say is there are some communities and some organizations that will not consider somebody who's not a certified economic developer um, or, if, you know, chambers that, that wouldn't, uh, wouldn't even consider a candidate that didn't have their IOM uh, but the other side of that coin exists too, where there are a lot of communities that it, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter at all. And so it's always going to be specific. Um, and sometimes it's going to be more certification and experience and education um, as far as where the priorities go throughout the search. And on the other side, on occasion, the search is all about personality and culture fit. Um and meshing uh, with the community, those those sorts of things. And so well, we would say do as much as you can. Um, if, if you want to be certified, absolutely pursue it. It will open you up to opportunities that doors would be closed to you otherwise. Um, on the, yeah, whenever it comes to the personality side, 
Um, you know, we think personality is is uh, it's not set. You I can speak from personal experience. Uh, grew up very shy, very reserved, paralyzed with fear if anyone spoke to me essentially or expected me to to speak at all, uh, and had to get over that, especially in this business. And I ended up I, I loved people, but I didn't know how to deal with them. Right. Um, I certainly didn't know how to communicate with them very well. And uh, I think I've come a little, you know, a little bit. We're still working on that. But but in what we do, I, I had to get over that, had to build that skill set and that tool set. And so uh, I, I'd recommend the same thing to everybody else or anybody else that wants to grow. Um, and specifically for economic developers, yeah, you need to have a good personality or you need to try to develop your personality and get along with as many people as you can. Try to make as few enemies, especially political enemies, as possible. Try to make as many friends as possible. Um, you know, whenever it comes to education beyond certifications or degrees, I, I like to say that the most successful economic developers that we see are generalists, generally, um, that can that can tra- transition to a specialist whenever the time and the need arises. So know a little about a lot, and whenever a project comes up in an industry that you had no idea even existed. Get on YouTube, get on the blogs, um, take a deep dive into the internet for about two weeks and learn everything that you can about it as fast as you can. So love learning, love general learning, and and be willing and flexible and capable of doing a deep dive uh, when it's necessary. We're uh, we're pretty big, I think, for the future of economic development specifically. Um, younger or people that are more junior in their economic development career and are thinking more long-term, mental models um, are going to be very useful here over the next couple of decades, being able to see things at the global, you know, hemispheric, national, regional, state, county, and local scale, all the way up and down that scale, uh, backwards and forwards, is going to be critical. So uh, having a global perspective and being able to see how things that might occur on one side of the globe will impact where you are and how you might be able to take advantage of it or how your community might be able to take advantage of it. Um, Things like the Pareto principle, um, you know, barbell investing principle, those sorts of things are going to matter a lot for economic developers moving forward. Um, What we see is in the future as technology and as industry is changing over these next couple of decades, again, um, the economic developers are the, – the best economic developers are going to be the point person in their community that can quickly communicate things that are happening, at, again, at the world scale, national scale, so on and so forth, and can create a roadmap um, from that information in building a successful – their community successfully in that environment, whatever that environment might be. So uh, they'll kind of be that glue that holds the community together as well as – the community's chief cheerleader, as well as the one that can kind of rally all the troops, get them in formation, and march them down a specific, already pre-planned path. Um, and then when the path, some something obstructs the path or they have to adjust, that goes back to that ability to dive in very quickly, dive deeply into a specific subject, and then communicate what they've learned you know, to the rest of the group. So, um, so flexibility, uh, willingness to learn, and uh, a mind that can appreciate models and a large perspective. Uh, those things are beginning to be more and more important. Uh, we we think in the space. So, wow, that that's really good to hear. I mean, I I think that that's a really encompassing view of what's 
needed and and where to go and what to think about. So I appreciate that. That yeah. Yeah, that was, that was very helpful. Well, we're we're excited about um, the direction that the world is moving. We're very optimistic about things right now, um, and the people that can see the opportunities in front of us, especially the economic developers that can see opportunities um, and deliver on those opportunities for their communities. Uh, we're just we're pretty pumped up to see what some of that's going to look like here here in the in the near future. Well, I think some of that uh, stems from the fact that we're in Texas. We are the, the center of the world, and we are going to become even more so the center of the world as uh, reshoring takes place, as manu- low-end manufacturing moves into Mexico, as yeah. – uh, right, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just – it's becoming – yeah, it is it – is, we like to think that we're in the center of the world in Texas. I'll say that much. But, yes. uh, but I think that the principles apply wherever you are. There will be opportunities. Everywhere. Right? Everywhere. Yes. everywhere right now um, and, and, and here in the near term. So, uh, yeah, we're excited to see what people are going to do with that. That's fantastic. How about um, people been talking about AI and, you know, working from home and all of that kind of stuff. Have you seen that? Have you seen, like, since the pandemic, uh-huh. how have you seen the industry change? I'm assuming that you're doing more um, – there's more interviews and things that are online, uh-huh. okay? But other than that, like, what are you seeing? Anything? Yeah. Well, yeah. So for us, we are uh, we like to, to use the term warm. We're, we're coffee people in our firm. We like to meet people and shake their hands in person. That's why I'm, yeah, that's I'm why very glad. That's why I'm here to, right. to meet with you in a safe uh, in an old bank building. But um, yeah, so, so we've been dragged into doing more of the, the remote interviews, kicking and screaming, um, beyond that, as far as our the way that our work is done, we've been fully remote since the early 2000s. We've not really had a company headquarters. We've not had need for one. We've had people distributed throughout the country, um, and our clients never come to us. We always go to them. So it didn't it didn't really affect how we were working. But whenever it comes to how economic development organizations are working, we have seen some massive adjustments. I think everybody's noticed some of them. But as we're coming out of it, I think what you're more interested in hearing and what others might be more interested in hearing is is where we see it going. And that's a lot of split schedules, a lot of three-day in-office work weeks for economic development organizations, Tuesday, Wednesday, and mm-hmm. Thursday in the office. Yeah. Monday, Monday and Fridays can be remote. And if you're at home in the market, that's great. And if you're out of market on, in Galveston, you know, spending the, the extra long weekend with your family, um, but still accessible for work, that's okay. And I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do, but it's something that it's an interesting trend that we're seeing more of. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the rest of it lines in, lines up pretty well with what you see in the wider economy, which is, a, you know, a lot more flexibility whenever it comes to travel. Um, but in office, people are much more casual in their dress, which I'm a fan of. I like that. I like my jeans and my boots. And um, I like other people appreciate that as well. And, and, uh, but, but the, you know, the, the big thing is we're just seeing more flexibility, which I think is a good thing. Um, I think it feeds back into some of those, uh, those traits and, and, and the culture that we were talking about earlier, just, it allows people to be more creative and more flexible. Um, and maybe getting rid of a little bit of the structure will, allow people to think a little bit bigger. Right, to think bigger. And uh, the more people we can get to think bigger, uh, I think the The better better off we'll be. Yeah, Yeah, right? right? I mean, that's 
uh, maybe one of the things uh, that that I am most excited about is all of the shakeups that we've seen um, have broken a lot of molds, and it has freed up a lot of minds to think a little bit bigger. So, yeah, That's I, I, think, I think we're moving into a good place. Yeah, yeah. good, good. Well, um, I guess I don't have anything else. Are there are there any points that you know we absolutely should have made that that we didn't? No, I, I don't think so. I think you know, I appreciate you letting me spend some time with you and sit with you, you know sit with you in person. Um, I've enjoyed the island quite a bit. I'd encourage anybody and everybody that that has the opportunity to go to Galveston well, um, and and enjoy what they have going on here. There's a lot of action. Um, there's also a lot of relaxation, so you can get a lot of either one. Absolutely. Um, but no, I, I appreciate it, Dane, um, and look forward to the next one. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.